Welcome to the Naked Marketers, everybody. My name is Pete Wright, and I am I'm quite literally sitting here with Megan Strand. Hi. And virtually with Dane Christensen. I feel like I'm there. And now we have a guest uh, who is joining us. Uh, we have uh, uh, Matt, our friend Matt, our new friend. Hi there. Our new old friend Matt, uh, who is our guest. Uh, he is an honorary. Thank honorary. You. This is the best kind of degree, an honorary degree from the Naked Marketers. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to talk. Uh, Matt is a um, has a longtime health care uh, industry veteran, and we're going to talk about what is going on with the healthcare industry uh, in uh, the uh, United States today. Cool. Because it's wacky. I didn't realize that we would actually be naked, though. Is that awkward? No, a little. It's weird. It's never. It's it's less awkward when we do it all on Skype. But when we're together, I you know, I'm gonna call keep in it, next time. Keep it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so, but we have some stories to talk about first, right? We have some some stories. We have our, we have to talk about the usual suspects. Um, where do we start, Megan? Did I catch you off guard a little you bit? You did. There? I, what are we talking I, you know about? What? I thought I we were. I think for the last twenty. Yes, 27 weeks, I always say, where do we start, Megan? <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were going to be talking with Matt. Well, let's talk about it. Matt, First Matt, has a, Matt has been telling us repeatedly this morning that he has opinions he wants to well, share. Well, I, I know, but I didn't, I'm sorry, about. I didn't realize we were doing news first. We're doing news first. Let's do it first. Okay, great. So... Um, <laughs> Don't sound so enthusiastic. Okay, great. Okay, great. I'm transitioning. This is Megan's brain Okay, 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 okay. Facebook has come out uh, as a major player in the mobile and location-based services because they have added a Facebook deals component to their places. All right, so... Facebook places. So now when you go to a place and you check in, you can see upcoming deals and, from a cost marketing perspective... Donations. I bet you guys were going to skip that part, weren't you? But yeah, yeah, I was totally going to skip that. You can check in and it can unlock a $1 donation as well. Isn't that cool? You know, actually, that, that may actually be cooler than than getting, like, uh, be one of the first to check in here and get in, at the Gap. Be one of the first 10,000 people to check in at the I Gap and wanted, get a free pair of jeans. I kind of wanted a free pair of jeans, though. What do you get from, Isn't that funny? Uh, Isn't that from REI? A little out of balance, right? You could check in here and make a $1 donation <laughs> or get a pair of like a $70 pair of jeans. Okay, but you know, you know how long that's going to last? Hmm. This will be the last time yes, Gap does 10,000 pairs of jeans. Okay, but Matt had an opinion on this particular story. I want to hear it. Well, we should also say about Matt, Matt is also a, a, a marketing uh, instructor at uh, Merrill Hurst University. So he does actually know, know his stuff about, uh, about the uh, marketing thing. But I wing it a lot. He too. does wing it a lot. I might so feel better about, about the Facebook uh, if I didn't think possibly they might leave it unlocked for everyone to donate for me. You know, it sounds to me like you uh, you don't trust the Facebook. If I didn't get uh, warnings from friends on a weekly basis saying, did you know that your information is out there for everyone to grab? You've got to select off if you don't want them to see your phone number. I mean, I, I get those a lot. Well, yeah. That makes I, me a little nervous. does. Well, we can, you know, you can click on there and see your cell phones listed. If you if, click on, if you enter it, or unenter it, which <laughs> I've had to go back and 
Well, that's what I mean. Like when you, I, okay. So, and I'm usually the I for have gone back and forth on this, right? But I'm usually the one who's pretty bearish on Facebook. I went through a dark period. He almost deleted it. I almost deleted my account. I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> he was, they were the dark. It, I prefer to call it a dramatic period. He suspended it. Dramatic period, really? What's the What's the word you God, like to I'm call the, him? I'm one of the gossip Same. girls. All of a sudden, crying out loud. What? <laughs> Nothing. So I, I went through a dark period, but I came back to this sort of this is a this 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 privacy thing. We're totally getting off track with the deals. We got to come back there. Bring us back there if I don't throw me a rope if if you don't hear from me in two minutes. <laughs> Uh, is that it? You had to put your cell phone in there in the first place. Yeah, but I had to put my cell phone into a few places, and I assume that they're not going to share it with everybody without me saying it's okay. Oh, that's and your mistake. That's my mistake. That's your mistake. That, and <laughs> yeah, assume with Facebook, it's all public unless you really go to great lengths to make it not public all the time. Facebook is more like the social media mafia. I think that's an important thing to recognize. It's a very useful tool so, for keeping in touch with people. Right? Well, I, I, and so now I do for wanna, free jeans. I, I do want to talk about the deals. Okay, let's talk about what do you think about the deals? I, I think it's really very interesting because this Facebook Places thing, it kind of came out at an interesting time where um, it was sort of following on the heels of obviously Foursquare success and Gowalla success and then Yelp adopting a Places kind of a feature. And you really can't keep up with checking in on every one of those platforms you do exactly. kind of have to pick or it's or it kind of loses its value i think so anyway um i've checked in a couple of times on facebook to a couple of places but i kind of noticed that not a lot of my facebook friends are using places some are there basically there are a small handful that use it consistent consistently and that's it so it seems to me like maybe there's not as much reason or commitment to the feature, uh, or at least hasn't been. But you know, last week we talked about um, this really interesting sort of political uh, campaign, um, hyper-local uh, mobile ad campaigns. We were mm -hmm. talking about the Michelle Bachman deal last week uh, uh, and the guy who'd, who'd used it before when like, you know, a presidential visitor comes to down or something and they will totally uh, focus all of their mobile advertising on a five to 10 square mile radius uh, and drive people to a video or something. And that to me was like, wow, that's really, okay. You know, it's just so fascinating to see this evolution of mobile advertising speeding up, I think at a pretty good clip right now, because um, we've brought this up before that, gee, we've been talking about mobile advertising and how everyone has a cell phone for years, but we haven't you were just starting to see some good applications. And I think, um, you know, I think the potential has been there for Facebook play places to be a popular feature. I haven't seen it adopted at a, at a you know, at a high rate. But to know that you might check in uh, someplace and that business, you know, can have a deal for you. Uh, I, I think this is really, really you know, topical and interesting stuff because obviously it helps the business have an opportunity um, to to promote and and to encourage social interaction and to get people to come in and you know I mean anything that in my opinion that helps a local uh, business um, access these kinds of platforms with in ways that are relevant and targeted I think is fabulous and then you know I I just gosh starting to feel like it's going to be every week that we're going to see some new um, uh, innovation in mobile advertising that's you know, really going to start to change uh, the way that, that, you know, we use our, our smartphones and mobile devices. 
So do you think this makes Foursquare, Gowalla, Scavenger, Whirl irrelevant at this point? You know, we're we're seeing that play out, I guess, because I kind of, you know, I I kind of, I don't know. Last week we talked about how Gowalla was selling. They're in, I think, three cities testing their daily uh, deals that are a little bit different. You know, it's more like, you know, in the city of Austin, they're selling a day of the week for a few hundred dollars. And you sort of sponsor Gowalla on that day in that city. And so that's a little bit different. It's, it's you know, whatever. It's, um, I don't use Gowalla. And I kind of tested Foursquare a little bit and didn't, you know, end up using it that much. And then uh, Yelp I like on the road. Don't really check in any place when I'm home with Yelp. And again, Facebook, it's, Facebook's a little more interesting because it's kind of a way to say, I'm at a concert or something without having to actually type in there, hey, I'm at this concert right now. Aren't I cool? Well, actually, the benefit of Facebook, right, is that it has that extra layer. Like, that's where, you know, that's where people that largely you follow with intent are, right? That's where your friends and family, if you're going to be on Facebook, you likely were brought in by friends and family, and there's some intentional bi-directional relationship there. Yelp, um, Foursquare, Gowalla, it's less likely that the relationship is is bi-directional, right? I mean, yeah. Well, the other thing is that your <laughs> deals will be shared on your newsfeed, right? So that other people can go take right. advantage so, of it. So as it's well. that extra layer of incentive. Yeah, then that is an extra Facebook big thing. Places. Even though, and I think that's an interesting thing because I think Facebook went out of their way to ensure that when they launched places, they did not launch it in a way that that necessarily excluded the other players, Yelp and Foursquare right. and Gowalla. They still, if you if you share stuff on on you know Foursquare, it you can pipe it right through Facebook. It'll show up in your feed mm-hmm. just just like any other app on right. Facebook. And so Facebook didn't didn't exclude them. I think what you're saying, Dane, is probably right on. Is that you know we're seeing that play out in a way that eventually will necessarily exclude them kind of just by default people will start because you're not going to check in on three locations you're not going to check in on yelp facebook and foursquare i wonder you know what kind of spike they saw just yesterday when they released the new facebook i don't know makes now it makes me feel like i gotta use facebook places which i've been a huge digging in my heels don't want to do so well i kind of to the earlier point i think when people signed up when they started this i mean it's relatively new Mm -hmm. um there was kind of uh folks were naive so it said enter in your phone number right enter in your phone number like i just want to sign up so right. i can be with my friends and then it went silent for a while yep and then you know a year or whatever later you get these notices hey did you know that your phone number's out there mm-hmm. and i th- that so that caution that's been kind of developed or that mm-hmm. mistrust. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, how strong it is at this point. Right. I don't think people care. <laughs> I honestly, God, I don't think people care. Considering well, voters it, in California elected a dead woman, that's the I don't think they sword. care either. Did you see that? No. <laughs> but that sort of the, sets the bar. Say it again. There, uh, I can't remember what the race was. I tweeted about it yesterday. So those of you on Twitter and following me would have known about it. But um, there was a race in California. <laughs> I'm sorry, they elected, did you just end that with a <laughs> sort of? They elected a dead woman, and she died, and they weren't able to take her name off the ballot in time, and she won. Wow. 
that so, so you what's what the saying? difference going to be, right? Yeah. Right. What's well, the difference I'm exactly? just I'm backing up Peter's point that people don't care. I, so. I don't think they care. I think there is a big stink because we live in a bubble. We think about this stuff. We are there, and we live in a bubble. And there are the vocal well, kind of twenty percent are the ones who are going to be concerned for a little while, and you know. And, and, who, but but at the same time, there are people who should be con- concerned. You know what I mean? Like there are people. Let's say. Uh, a wife who's trying to leave a um, abusive husband. She should care. She should Let's not say, be on Facebook. Probably. You know, a, a teenage girl all by herself somewhere. You know, checking into places should probably be careful, right? I, I think there are like elements of that's dark. Okay, that's really people, dark, man. You got, of course you should. But seriously, but, 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 but when you say people that... don't care, you're right. And I also think people are careless. I I think that's the truth, but that's not that doesn't. Uh, but that, there are people who shouldn't be careless with things like places because it does open up to three hundred plus people. You know what? Ten percent of them you don't even know who they are, but you added them at some point. Didn't even remember you added them. Are they stalking you? I don't know. I'm just saying. You know, like there's. Well, you know, no, I, I, I don't think people dispute don't that. Care, I, and I public service part, aside, people should be concerned about that stuff. I don't think they are. I don't think they think about it right now. And I think as a result, uh, now that they can go into places and see that I'm looking at it on my iPhone right now, and there's a handy little, you know, handy little box where I can look at places, look at all the nearby places, and there's a handy box. Have you seen this? And you click on, there's there is Starbucks. And I click on the deal, and it says, look, and this is all What's for the Megan. Deal? We'll donate $1 to help protect <gasps> forest land. Nice. If we check in there, I'm gonna check in the hell out of that one. I'm you should. You can check in, every, in from here, which is pathetic because it's not that close. It's to not here. that. It's, it's about a mile and a half away, and I could check in. And there you go. You're welcome, Forest Land. <laughs> you just gave him a dollar. Look at you. Okay, moving on. I need that. I need that horn to honk right now. Honk. Seriously. Ooga. And you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna tag. This is even better. You love this. I'm tagging friends. That's right, <laughs> Matt. Right there. I'm going to hide You're you. You're totally there. And now, minutes. Megan. I'm going to hide you. Me- <laughs> Consider yourself hidden. <laughs> and your cause. Hey, don't take the cause and down with check, the hater. Check this out. This is what's going to do it. I'm checking Dane in from Salt Lake <laughs> at my neighborhood Do you think that'll donate Starbucks. $4 then? I don't know. I don't care. Let's try to ca- check ca- in at I mean, Gap. We could all get free jeans. <laughs> There's got to be one in Tannisport. Oh, okay. Oh, we are snap. so. I am you don't. You don't allow me to do that. Neither do you. You turned off places. Oh, <laughs> but Dane and I. I turn off flight because I don't no trust on places. See, Dane doesn't care. I do care. <laughs> okay, I'm trying very right. hard to. Well, and I'm fairly selective about, about where I'm checking in. You know, it's not like I go through any given day checking in ten times at every location. Right. I just sort of, if I'm someplace that's interesting, I might share. I've done it about. I don't know, eight times in the past few weeks. Well, that's not, you know, I mean, that's probably That's more average. than you've tweeted, so that's, that's right, good. That's right. <laughs> that's uh, more than I tweeted. That's, that's the big news on I Facebook. I want to talk about Mint, speaking of privacy. Let's talk about Mint. You All right. Talk, talk about the story, Peter, because it's interesting. Well, it's a little bit of an older story. Um, it was uh, Mint, the financial service, they've got, uh, it's a financial services platform website that was recently acquired by Intuit. Uh, and it, uh, well, I mean, as a mint, you, I'm not a mint user. How do you, Matt, you're a mint user. How do you use mint? It's a, all of, all of the, um, investments and money and everything is in one location now, as opposed to spread everywhere. And you can kind of track 
Um, your banking, your credit cards, everything in one your place. Your savings account, okay. your and so you is just as you go log into the website, and you see all of your your dashboard of all your financial activity. It's a dashboard, and you love it. I like it. I love it. It lets you categorize everything too, so it helps you stay on a budget in a much more easy way, especially if your money's spread more than just your bank account, which most yeah. people have at least a credit card they use or okay, um, yeah. So it's, it's it's better than uh, file folders and it's, yeah, whatever it's other Manila envelopes. Yeah. Anyway, point being. Point being, there are four million of you people, mint lovers, uh, out there, and uh, all of your financial data is right there automatically, and you don't even enter it because your banks send it to Mint, right? Well, that means Mint has talk about trust. Yeah, right. Uh, Mint has probably the you know outside of the bank. Uh, the most uh, valuable uh, catalog of financial data in the industry because, you know, it comes straight from the banks and it's all aggregated. And they have just uh, last week uh, released a real-time consumer data insights package to the public. So I can go into Mint and uh, into Mint data and see the aggregate financial uh, performance of a community, of an industry, of a all the way down to a specific store, uh, based on your spending habits there. How do you feel about that? Is that useful? Well, it's anonymous. Well, yeah, I'm not talking about the privacy. I mean, is that useful for for uh, for marketers? I think for marketers, huge. How? Um, it will be. Wow. So if you were in search of that data, go ahead. Sorry, I just looked at Stumptown in Portland, and I was joking that the average purchase would be $80. It's $27. The average purchase at the Stumptown purchase? Coffee. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Sorry. I was just blown away by that. That's interesting. So why so that means people, people go in pairs. Why is yeah. That? <laughs> they buy true. two coffees. Well, they buy two Pete, coffees and here's, two here's what, things to eat. Here's what I would say um, right off the bat with yeah. this is that uh, data is fabulous, right? Data is great. Da- having data is a wonderful thing. But data without wisdom is just data. It's right. So, so um, I don't know exactly where Matt was going to go with this, but I think okay, yeah. Well, it's interesting, right? Like, I mean, it's interesting to know how much the average price of a purchase at Stumptown Coffee in Portland is. Um, and and but then you have to start to know why you would need this data and have some questions that are worth asking for your business or you know. Absolutely. I was I was thinking of it from maybe a startup or if you were gonna get into a certain space with like a small business research. and you didn't wanna you didn't have the resources or the you maybe the know how of how do I go out and buy this data? Like who do I get to do research for me? Like this is a place that you could go that's probably more accurate than some of the sites that people currently check in on to see what prices are like like a Zillow that are inflated. So this would be this would be a more accurate way to do your own your own data research. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was thinking about that too. I mean, we, we talked a, a while ago about the, I don't remember what we talked about this. There was a great story about how, you know, independent coffee uh, shop owners, when they're picking their locations, the smartest ones, you know, open a store right across the street from Starbucks. And if they're really smart, they open it right across the street from three Starbucks. Like the more <laughs> Starbucks, uh, the, the better performance your store is likely going to have. And while at first that seems counterintuitive, uh, there are two things that support it. First of all, Starbucks does an immense amount of research on traffic patterns, mm-hmm. and you are leveraging their research for free. But 
a resource like this suddenly allows you to cement that like if you're doing that sort of market and location research you can now really zoom in on a geographic area and figure out what you know what people are spending in this you know in this certain area i think that's or, or you could look at trending i mean i think that's you know in terms of like a small business let's say you're looking to to open something or you just got back from california and you saw some shop that you think would be you know perfect in salt lake um you know what i mean like if you, this is a question you could ask like well how 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 hot is um, frozen yogurt? How hot is, um, I don't know, how big are coffee sales in a certain area well, or something like that? Average purchase price is incredibly useful as well. I mean, yeah, it's not quite so useful in the way, like if you just pick a metropolitan area, you can see the average purchase in Portland is $142.91. Okay, well, that's not helpful. doesn't really tell you anything. But you can zoom in on that and, and suddenly get some really interesting insights. And I. Uh, like, for example, the average purchase at Costco is $123.12. That, That's it? Yeah, it seems really that low That can't be me. right. <laughs> that, <That's> <laughs> okay, the data's flawed. Somebody <laughs> okay, forget it. Uh, I don't trust it anymore. That's fascinating. There's, it would be interesting really to see uh, what the average purchase price at Target is. You know, let's find that out, shall we? Target. This is live on air. This is <laughs> live data research. You got to pick one, dude. Yeah, where would we like to go? Salt Lake City. Canton, Ohio. Um, how about, yeah, let's pick Target. Do you have a Target in mind, Dane? Fort Union. Target. Port Union. Fort Union. Fort, Fort Union. Union. <laughs> right. Indians, Indians and Cowboys. Target Fort Union. I mean, there's no water in Is Utah. Is that Utah? Just put Target Utah, all three of them. Midvale, I don't know. No Salt Lake City, uh, Target, Salt Lake City, Utah. Let's look at Salt Lake City. Here we go. The average purchase is $62.62. You just sounded like the price was right. The price yeah, was right. I, I, I sure <laughs> did. That's fantastic. Higher or lower? Higher or lower? I guess 40. Target. 40? Yeah. Well, Salt Lake City, you know, they all live in the boondocks, so they got to drive a long way, so they're going to spend. You buy more. You buy yeah, more. The Salt Lake City store is brand new, like a couple of weeks, so. Do uh, Portland. How about Target Beaverton? Okay, Target Beaverton. Let's do Target Beaverton. 4587. Yep, you're right. So we are wealthier here. <laughs> wealthier or <laughs> more no. rural. I think that we're <laughs> closer. So or have to we go drive more. farther from our yeah. polygamous compounds out in the <laughs> desert. Right? You said it. We didn't say that, Dan. That's, that's an interesting comment is that, uh, that, in fact, we are closer to our targets. And so we probably go more frequently. Well, it depends on where you live. Hey, can I comment real quickly on um, just a little reminder about one of the reasons Mint is so amazing? Oh, right. Back to the story. Okay. <laughs> um, I, Mint kind of, when, when Intuit bought Mint, and I didn't know anything about them really before that happened, uh, but I think it's Daniel Gross that went out to San Francisco to, um, to interview their marketing people and wrote this great story about how, you, you know, such a such a valuable company, valuable to, to Intuit, obviously. I don't know what the purchase price was, but it was qu quite substantial. Um, their entire marketing budget was like it was less than 50 grand a year or yeah. something along those lines. And they were using, he detailed it all, like Clicktail and Crazy Egg and, and Google Analytics and some free and some less expensive, but mostly analytics-based tools for... Um, for website performance and helping website performance. Really very fascinating to read. It's um, the articles in slate.com, but he lays out kind of how they're doing their marketing for such a low budget and doing it so well. 
That's fantastic. What a uh, what a great story. And and actually, I mean, as much as Intuit paid for Mint, and I don't have that number either, but you got to imagine it was a steal for what they got because Intuit had nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, it's, and it's a great lead into their you know much more expensive products. Right. Well, free versus much more expensive. Let's talk about one more story, shall we? Let's talk about the commercial. I liked the commercial. Can we? Yes. All right, let's do it. Uh, the commercial that we're talking about is the T-Mobile MyTouch 4G piggyback commercial. And the commercial is a, it, it's a direct steal of the, uh, the you're a Mac, I'm a Mac, I'm a PC commercial uh, uh, with John Hodgman and uh, Justin Long uh, from Apple. And it, it, it's fascinating. So it, you've got one side, you've got a pretty girl. She's the T-Mobile MyTouch 4G. On the other hand side, you have a ruggedly <laughs> handsome, uh, probably from Utah, kind of uh, probably rides a horse. Uh, <laughs> to target. Like a cowboy. Blonde, blonde tan Park City, Utah. And on his back is a... Uh, is, uh, is my dad. Is, is Megan's dad. <laughs> uh, I don't see a resemblance. No. Thank you. Oh, that's good. That's a good response. So, uh, and and so the the whole uh, the whole premise of the ad is that you know the the um, the handsome Utahan on one side is being is having to carry the carrier AT and T, and that's how they they play out the ad. Uh, you know, repeatedly. Uh, I don't know. Can we can we play it? Should we play just a little bit of the audio? Can here? you play it? Hi, I'm a T-Mobile you know what that says to me can i just tell you what that screams to me that t-mobile is yes. advertising there yes what Please, please let us have the iPhone. Please let us have the iPhone. Please, we will do so well with the iPhone. We're all pretty people, and we are so good at what we do. And AT&T, they're just old and kind of fat. <laughs> Did you guys read the Wired article a few months ago about the whole relationship between Apple and AT&T? Yes. Yeah, it's so terrific. interesting. Oh, so interesting. <laughs> it was terrific. That's... It sort of summed, summed it up when they said, you know, when an AT&T representative said to an Apple representative, make sure, you know, make sure Steve comes to the meeting tomorrow in a suit. <laughs> I love and, that. And the representative Jeez. said, we're Apple. We, we don't, don't wear, wear suits. suits. <laughs> we don't even own a suit. I can't believe they would say that to him. <laughs> Are they kidding? so great. Uh, why? I mean, this ad, what, what do you think of this ad? Well, can I, I like say something ad? real quick? I mean... What? This whole 4G thing is really kind of a marketing gimmick anyways, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it is faster technically than 3G, but there's no there's no sort of clockable standard that you have to say, well, you can't call it 4G unless it's X percent faster or whatever. It's really just, it's a hybrid upgrade to 3G. It's not really, it's 3G with like sort of a bonus punch, right? I mean, that's technically what it is. Here's the thing. I don't care if there's 10 Gs on the end. <laughs> It's got to have better coverage than AT&T. Yeah, AT because yesterday I had that very guy on my back. I'm so <laughs> pissed off. Like I, I literally know two people whom AT&T has for whom AT&T has bought mini cell towers yeah. to sit in their house because and they run off live of their internet connection, which AT&T doesn't have to pay for. 
It's yeah, got to get. It has it's to insane. get better. And the the genius would be try it for a month. If connection isn't better, we'll let you out of the contract, and everybody would switch. Everybody yeah. try it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. You know, I think that's probably uh, it's probably accurate perception. I. I. Uh, I have not had that experience with AT and T here, but I know a lot of people who have. Yours works well. Yeah. Yeah, it works great. That's because you have this special phone. I think I need this in-home tower thing, Megan. We should talk offline about how to make that happen. <laughs> What's that my AT&T my home brain? reception is not exactly. fabulous. <laughs> I know. I know. My my husband often has to go outside to take calls, and in Portland, that's only possible several months of the yeah, year. Yeah, it's not so. good when it gets wet. It's not yeah. good when the phone... And yeah, th- then they have this water thing. But if you, you stand get outside an and make phone calls, Christmas. how is that supposed to work? But the ad people, this okay, is a marketing ad. show, crying out loud. I have to say, I have Buy to your say, husband an is, umbrella. It is a total knockoff of any of the Mac ads. You know, I'm a Mac, I'm a PC. But it, I think it is effective. It's, I think it's kind of funny. I think it's effective. And I, I only think it's, think it's funny ad. because I struggle with the same thing that Matt struggles with. I think it's great because it really, it's a T-Mobile ad. But really, what you remember is that is T-Mobile, not the MyTouch 4G. You, it is an ad that that is duking it out with AT&T, not the iPhone. I mean, they yeah. position the iPhone as a good-looking, handsome, rugged phone. I yeah. mean, they're not picking on the iPhone mm, right. at all, which which I think is I think that's a great strategy because you don't want to. Yeah, offend I think they Apple. did a good job. No, you don't want to offend the Apple. No, and <laughs> I, I I would like that every commercial has a person on each side of the screen it's very easy to understand because to the with chase, a white background i need a white background versus a cheetah yeah i don't want a that's minivan right. and a cheetah i don't want that that's another uh, that is the that's another that's commercial the, we're not going to watch but we're not going to watch it but if you haven't seen it go search for the honda odyssey ad with the puma it's is it a puma? The, it may be the best ad ever yeah. and when i say best yeah, i it's mean it's so not the best ad ever what is it? It's not a cheetah. It's, it's a it's a leopard it's or a black, puma, panther. black panther. Black panther. The black panther. It's a subliminal black panther ad. Uh, so I know, let's, I, you know, I know some folks in Salem, Oregon, who would probably like that ad. Well, there's a lot of many I'm sorry, you there. On Salem? <laughs> yeah, Just right, lest we Salem. lest yeah. we cast the first stone, shall yeah. we? <laughs> I'll jump in on that. Hey, I'm ready to play that game. Mini- <laughs> minivan heaven is Utah. That's right. Hey, but 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 real quick, I mean, I do think there was a very specific shot in that commercial at at Apple with the um, uh, you know there there are a lot of things I think that are kind of significant about the commercial and well done and and you're right you get done watching it and at least you're really certain it was a T-Mobile ad. It's something companies miss sometimes. Is you know their message is cute or quirky or whatever. But what brand was that again? What were they selling me? I think this. You know, really does it. It's very clear, uh, and and it leaves a bit of an impression. But they did take a very specific shot with the fact that uh, Apple's FaceTime is wireless to wireless, and T-Mobile's, whether it's good quality or not, I don't know. Haven't seen it in in use, but it goes over the 4G network, and it's something I'm certain Apple desperately wants the iPhone to be able to do, and they have to deal with AT&T to make it happen. Right, but again, I don't think they were taking a shot at Apple at the iPhone. No, for that. I think they're taking a shot directly at AT and T. I it think was, so it too. It was the fat guy who responded. No, I I think you're right. Yeah. I think they were. I think they did that well. And yeah, oh, you, you're not left with the impression that gee, Apple sucks. And you're right. Who, what, why would you do that? Oh, Apple makes bad products. You know, that just you know on a lot of yeah. levels be a bad idea. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. Yeah, they they shot at AT and T on that one. And I think 
I actually think Apple probably, you know, I mean, anything that can sort of poke and stir AT&T to sort of rise to an occasion, um, right? I mean, I, I don't know the whole ins and outs of, of uh, what that's going to take AT&T to make it possible or if they want it or don't want it, or which they probably don't want it. And again, how desperately does Apple want um, FaceTime to be? I mean, they've expanded it now to computers because uh, I think they really there's obviously a ton of potential there with being able to be in a mobile location and have a video chat. That's a really, really cool feature, but wow, I've had really limited ab ability to use it since I've had my iPhone 4. I've FaceTimed with you once. That's one of the times? Yep. <laughs> Three other times. <laughs> I was like, wow, we can do it. I forgot. It I'm it's like living in the now. future. Yeah. Or the Dick oh, no, Tracy it's past. still like every time it happens, I'm like, wow, oh my gosh, I can really do this. Yeah. But in very limited circumstances. Only when I'm sitting at my desk in my house where I also have my camera on my computer. Mm. Nothing? Anybody? No? <laughs> that was being sarcastic or sardonic. What, what was it? <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, healthcare. Shall we transition? Let's do Let's it. Let's do that. Um, so we, the whole reason we have uh, the good Matt here is because of his, his vast, innumerable experience in the healthcare industry. Uh, and, uh, you know, we got to talking last week about how uh, Matt and I got to talking last week uh, about how the healthcare industry is changing. Healthcare marketing is changing uh, as a result of the changing landscape of insurance, health insurance here in the United States. And I just think it's a fascinating, fascinating story. And so I'm hoping Matt can teach us what's going on. Not whether, whatever you think about healthcare and mandates, uh, it, you know, this, it's not political, right? We're, we're talking about what, what is the real impact here to how we're going to be talked to? Well, I think what we'll see is it's a completely different way to approach the subject and market it. And that's what we're going to, that's what we'll, we'll all see. So, for years and years, healthcare has has been marketed and presented a certain way, and there's um, it's primarily a business to business type model. Um, that's where majority you know brokers go out and sell for a lot of the big carriers, and it's a very confusing system at best. And I think from a consumer's perspective, it's it's something that will first of all we'll start to hear more about it and the responsibility to go out and choose your own insurance and be able to navigate what's best for me what's best for my family that'll shift towards the consumer where it, it's not completely that way now so because now if you you typically if you're going to be insured you likely work at a big company and that company picks a plan and then you pick this menu of options is that what you're talking about you pick here? a menu of options and maybe it's limited so it's offered just to you or just to your company mm -hmm. uh, so there's a bunch of different models and it varies from state to state from plan to plan but i think this industry right now is a neat time to be in marketing because they're faced with this, they will be faced with the same challenges that all of these other companies and, and stories that we're just talking about. Mm -hmm. So they will have a more consumer-centric type approach. Do they know how to do this? Um, I mean, I feel, and I'll tell you where I'm coming from, because yeah. I feel like I'm, as a, I'm independent. I don't work for a big company, and I had to go self-insure. 
And it was a mess. It's it was hard. an absolute circus, and they didn't want me. How'd you do it? Three years ago. What well, was your I first actually, step? Thank goodness I discovered e-health insurance. They were terrific. I feel like giving them a big fat testimonial. I mean, they had all the data in one place. I could I could see it. It felt like the the insurance, you know, what are they talking about? The insurance marketplace or the insurance what, what exchange? Exchange. You can yeah. see all the different plans that mm-hmm. all in one place. But it was once the handoff was made from them to the insurance company, it was just it was a circus. I mean, it just didn't feel like uh, anybody any individual carrier really wanted to carry my. Independent individual. They were doing you a big favor. Yeah, we're doing. We're really bending over our back because you're such a small, small fry. We don't. We aren't really interested. So, I mean, how they, do they know how to do this? They've spent decades now hating me. Well, <laughs> it's a good question. Do do they know how to do this? And I don't think the answer is absolutely, because it would be absolutely if it had been that way forever. Mm-hmm. So there's a ramp up time, which is why I say that it's. It's actually a very cool time to be in healthcare mm-hmm. marketing. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Dane, have you had a chance to go on to the uh, Utah Exchange? Have you looked at that? Um, not in my house. I just deal with finance almost not at all because my wife does, uh-huh. um, and she deals with all of our insurance stuff. But I know that she, you know, they launched it uh, in Utah. Um, oh gosh, a year or two ago, yeah. and and. Um, its first year wasn't great. I think they had some some uh, things that needed to be fixed. So I know that she did check it because we're self-insured. But uh, uh, we looked at it. But it just kind of it. I, I don't. I just. I wish I knew more about why it it struggled that first year. But they they claim they've fixed some things and made it a whole lot better. And are, are hoping it's kind of in line with uh, a more national model that that will eventually win out and hopefully hopefully work. What was what was the what was the big deal about the Utah Exchange? Well, what's the story behind it? It's similar to the national proposed national exchange. Correct, and it'll be different locations mm-hmm. that do this. Um, similar to like your experience with um, eHealth uh-huh. is is kind of how it's set up, and there's a couple places that that offer that model right now, or that are trying it out. There's one in Massachusetts, and, and of course Utah. But there's an article I think. It's safe to say that, generally speaking, um, what's going on in healthcare right now is confusing. Like, what does it mean? What changes are coming up? We hear the word reform over and over. What's that mean? And more importantly, what's it mean for me? I found um, there's an article that was written. It was published um, at the end of August 2010. So a recent article, and it was off of um, uh, strategy-business.com. So we can put. Is it a place yep. we can post yeah, that yeah, on site? If um, so, there's the article itself is uh, roughly five pages, but there's a couple sections of it that might be helpful if I just walk through. Okay. And it should just set the foundation for here's kind of what reform means, and here's what we can anticipate, and then there'll be plenty of of opinions on what this means. All right. Sound all right? Sure. Uh, historic healthcare reform enacted by Obama administration and the U.S. Congress in March of 2010 will fundamentally alter how health insurance is bought and sold in the U.S. will have a major impact on companies that provide or manage coverage for the nearly 250 million people. The retail market for individuals and small businesses will become much larger and more transparent. Coverage parameters will be defined by government rather than companies and medical underwriting will be eliminated. Consumers will be asked to make purchase decisions on their own, offered through online healthcare exchanges. 
This is exactly what we were talking about with the Utah mm -hmm. health exchange. Um, and what you'll see on these healthcare exchanges is all of the companies will have their products and their prices listed next to them. And this, and this, what what's covered, what's not covered. So you'll be able to compare Just clean apples to apples. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Price and brand will become more influential factor because consumer buying decisions and health plan. Uh, Price and brand will become a more influential factor in consumer buying decisions and health plan strategies. So as soon as you have um, apples to apples and you just have the name of a plan mm -hmm. of a carrier, an insurance carrier, and a price next to it, how do you stand apart? How do you set yourself apart from there? Is it price? Right. Is, do I just choose the lowest price and go with that? Like I'm buying a stereo? Right. Or is it features? Mm, not necessarily. Is it features? What, is, what are the features? Are we talking, you know, vision, dental, or procedural? What if I see a name listed on there that I don't recognize, but they have a very reasonable price? Mm -hmm. I won't say that it's the cheapest or it, it's the most affordable to that individual. And they seem to have a good mix of, of um, services. Okay. Do I choose them if I've never heard of them? I think you're less likely to choose them. Okay. I don't know. I think it depends on what your situation is. <laughs> yeah. So, but this goes back to the question of when I when I line everything up apples to apples, how do I make my selection? Right. Um, by 2016, the coverage is extended to the previously uninsured retail segment of the health insurance market, which includes a small which includes small groups commercial individuals and government individual products will expand dramatically to about 55% of the overall market. Most of this growth will occur in the commercial individual segment, which, which will swell to 27 million people, far more than the 16 million buyers who would have made up the segment had the reform bill not passed. So the reason this, that this is important, and we say that this is a big thing specifically for the carriers, we're talking about a lot of people. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, a lot of people. A lot of people, essentially all at once. All, yep, all at once. Um, State-run healthcare exchanges similar to the Massachusetts Commonwealth Health Insurance Connector and the Utah Health Exchange will be major distribution channel in this market. The exchange-based market will be highly regulated, far less opaque to customers than it is today. So the current go-to-market models of health plans aren't are not well designed in in this new retail era. And I think we know that we can mm -hmm. agree to that. Prominence of employer-sponsored plans is diminishing. Health insurers still have decidedly business-to-business -business perspective. Their revenue assumptions are transaction-based and group-focused. Products tend to be a one-size-fits-all. Product portfolios are limited to Medicare or medical insurance. Today's models assume relatively little direct contact with consumers. They depend on brokers to sell products and navigate the complex, cumbersome application and renewal process, and on and on care providers to submit and manage claims. So that they're going to have to get a lot better at making interacting with your insurance company easier because I've had several instances in my life that I've had to navigate. You know, and really advocate for myself for for health insurance, and it is a nightmare, nightmare. And I'm a relatively well-educated person, and but you don't speak 
Exactly. That language. Right. And but it what might I'm as well be in legalese. To, right. One, you know, you're dealing with customer service reps who don't, as Peter said, don't care, think that they, you know, you should feel lucky to be paying for you their services. You should be working with your benefits people for any issues that you have. Well, I don't have benefits well, right. people. Oh, exactly. well, you should get yourself some benefits people <laughs> because they'll know what, they, what to do. So I, I th- oh, go ahead. Well, I, I was going to change the topic. Go ahead. And- Just to clarify, I think, um, so it sounds like that, the experiences you've had have been negative, clearly, but... I wouldn't say that all of the the consumer or uh, that all of the call center or the help desk people are that way. Unfortunately, it sounds like you've run into some that, that don't know or don't care. But Absolutely. And I'm a guy who has good service on my AT&T iPhone. So <laughs> there, are an a few, there are a few of those out there. Uh, what, is the, what is the impact on the, the product itself? Is this Does this exchange force... You as a healthcare mo- uh, uh, healthcare marketer to rethink the the packaging and delivery of the product and the pricing of the product, uh, and do you have that flexibility now that you're going into this consumer market? Absolutely. So what does that look like? Well, um, a great example. It's, it's easier to visualize it if you can compare against someone else. Yeah. So if you look at another industry that um, that does it well, progressive. Mm-hmm. Progressive does it well, and they've done a couple things that are interesting. We're this familiar is car with car insurance, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're okay. talking. Car, we'll shift to, to okay. the car insurance example. Right. So Progressive uses uh, Face now. That uh, what's her name? Flo. Yeah, yeah. the woman. Yeah. Yep. And so you got a friendly face, very helpful, and you can now buy the the item off of the shelf in a box. So it is a consume. It's something that I can go in. It's a consumer model. It's people get it. They walk in, they can buy a box right. of, help, of, of insurance. If you were to model that or something similar to that for health insurance, wouldn't that make it easier if that mm-hmm. were even possible? I can go in now and I've got different aisles and I can actually pick a box. Mm-hmm. I can flip it over and I can read on the back. Here's what the products look like. Right, but you can read it. I mean, that's my whole point is that. Progressive does a great job with their consumer-facing marketing because it makes sense. It's simple to understand. No health insurer that I've ever run into, whether they're nice or not, is easy to understand. Like this is the Tommy Boy rule, right? Well, put the guarantee on the box. (laughs) On the box. (laughs) But if you look at the details of auto insurance, (laughs) that's not very easy to understand. If you if you thumb through, yeah, that's right. Your paper, but you don't thumb through it until you get in an accident. Like that's, that's, and then you quickly thumb you through quickly it, thumb and you don't know it. what to do. That's right. Um, so it, it's a similar problem that's been solved or at least addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that, well, I know that is going to need to be done for this industry. Right. Absolutely. Well, I welcome that because. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do too. But I'm I'm curious about specifically about the pricing, like uh, what sort of pricing sensitivity there is based on this sort of new demand. Are we gonna see? Are we gonna see health rates go down? Because I just got I I just got a letter. Uh, well, first, uh, my health insurance company sent me a letter about four months ago. I think they were gearing up for the election, saying, you know, you are being grandfathered in at this at your old rate uh, when open enrollment comes up next year if you stay with us because 
you know, with all this new healthcare stuff going on, we expect our cost to go up a thousandfold, and we, you know, it, it's it's all because of this new national health plan that we're that we're being subjected to, and mm-hmm. oh my gosh, we are such victims. We, the the giant imposed upon health insurance carrier, mm-hmm. and then uh, we stayed with them. We signed up, mm-hmm. and we got a letter about six weeks later saying, um. We were wrong, and we owe you money back. Our costs have gone down, and so this will be reflected in your next payment. Wow. That's impressive. That blew me away. I'm surprised. Positively? They... Yeah, positively. I'm surprised they took it down. I'm really surprised they <laughs> took it down. So I think you're starting to see that shift. And, and what I mean by that is there's a relationship. So this is how it feeds back into the whole concept of how do you build a relationship with these kind of faceless companies mm-hmm. and and is there such thing as loyalty in health insurance mm-hmm. like are you loyal to that's something you've never really had to think about have you um, the last 10 years have you thought much about loyalty at the individual level customer loyal patient loyalty is there patient loyalty to the carrier or is it patient loyalty to the doctor mm. well, there's so many people involved there's yeah. definitely loyalty to the doctor and I think there is loyalty to anyone that treats you like you want to be treated mm-hmm. as a consumer. I think you develop that over time. It's not a slick ad campaign. It's not um, frequency of seeing that, that message that helps you get it to, you know, that's top of mind. I know I've heard of that name, but it's how you're treated there. And to answer your question is, will my prices go down? Well, it would be... Um, foolish to say yes your prices will go down like I don't know that I know that products will need to be developed specifically to address this Um, and you will have it'll you will have the ability to switch easier I would assume than you than it is now because Mm -hmm. it'll be forced to be easier you can go on to exchange you can pick this that this but what that means is you, so I need to develop this relationship with the consumer. You've got now people that can easily switch as opposed to I'm locked in. If I leave, I don't have coverage because maybe I have a pre-existing condition that will prevent me from, from leaving. Right. Well, that's changed. That will change. So now you can move. And that kind of takes you to the next question, which is you were talking about online banking a couple of weeks ago. And anyone that does online banking knows that, you know, why I finally got everything entered into this system. Let's use Mint, for example. I finally got all my finances entered in. What if another one came up, another, and, and you want to switch from Mint, go somewhere. Mm-hmm. Huge hassle, mm-hmm. right? I have to unhook this. An interesting comment was made um, to me a few weeks ago where somebody said, I don't even know how I would leave my my credit union because all my stuff's in there and like how do I get my payments to switch to a new credit mm-hmm. union or right. who's going to help me do that so one of the ways that you would 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 attract would almost seem counterintuitive which how do I make it easy for people to come or go or to mm-hmm. leave like they're actually they know that people won't leave because they're so good but how do I, you know, if people are always leaving, do I make it harder for them to leave? I know, I was just right. going to ask that. Or do I make it 
easier. easy for them to come. I mean, if you're taking lessons from certain consumer electronics niches, then you design your products to fail after, <laughs> after 11 months. So we'll have to get new ones. Or, you know, what are those key lessons that you take away uh, where you walk into work eight o'clock day one to help rejigger your industry? Well, there's the, the concept, and it's not a new concept, but personal health records and you being responsible or owner you're the owner of mm -hmm. your personal health records mm -hmm. that's so scary. i can take it and i can i keep just like i do on mint with all of my things but my personal health mm -hmm. records for every one of my family shows where my shots are where my immunization records everything now i can t easily take that and go someplace else with it right um that would be nice is, though to have it all in one place portability Right. I mean, that's sort of the concept we're talking about. How do I get from one place? How do I easily get from one place to the other with, with, my, with my information? And I think these are all things that could possibly be valuable to attract consumers. Mm -hmm. I'm looking up uh, Google Health right now. Mm -hmm. uh, doesn't this sort of get to... What you're what you're talking about isn't Google trying to do this for for uh, yep for healthcare and, and they're actually just... looking you know they're in search of partners on mm. here I imagine so what is that what is what does it mean when outside services get in here and, and start trying to disintermediate the relationship that that individual carriers have with with I think the smart way to do it is to partner because right. focus on your your core competency is it. Um, is that really yeah, is, software and personal health records? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I would say what no. What is the core competency of the health insurance company? I would. Um, good question. The core competency of of health insur of, of health insurance insurer. industry of the insurer. Yeah. Is to make people make. I would say that it is to make sure that people's claims get processed and paid quickly. Huh. Does that strike you as funny? A little bit funny. Why? Because you would think that their number one competency would be to join you with the right health services, right? Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. What do you mean to join? What's that mean? To join you? To with... help you find the right people that you need. I mean, if, if you are sick, to connect you with the right doctors, the right specialists, if I suddenly develop, I don't know what, you know, finding the right, connecting me with the right doctor. Navigating, so finding the right doctor. So you wouldn't want to take that freedom away. And you, so there's options in any, in any with any carrier. See, I think a lot of people feel that's not a freedom. It depends on what you purchase or which model you go after. Right. So if you were to... To sign up with um, a carrier that has their own doctors and their own hospitals, then the ability to, to select someone outside of that may not be an option for you. And they may have the ability to right. say, Dr. X is for you, Dr. Y, you might check with him. If you sign up for a plan that allows you to go anywhere, in or out of network, then um, they may not have the ability to suggest here's the doctor for you over this entire city or over this right. state to state. So the, the type of help that you're looking for, to how do I navigate to find the best services for me? I think you can only get, here's the best services 
that this that our organization offers. So here's who we've contracted with. So mm-hmm. you could get that. Right. But generally speaking, you would approach um, a broker, an insurance broker, and they would be able to help navigate what plan would fit best to you. So it wouldn't that's be a good differentiation, role. I think. Well, and that's good to know. And you know, maybe the answer to the question then, Peter, maybe I misspoke. Maybe the answer to the question then is to make sure that my family's health needs are covered. Period. Maybe not connecting me with the end. Yeah, which goes back to what? Maybe it's just making sure that because a lot of times you feel like, oh well, this should be covered. Well, it's covered through this other side fund, but you've used that fund now. We really don't cover anything except, you know, one visit a year. You know, that's the part that I think consumers don't have an innate sense of trust. That it feels like I have coverage, Mm -hmm. but until you until I need it. Right is and and so that's why the 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 when you say that the core competency of the insurer is to ensure that the claims get get paid and processed. My first reaction is oh, I would twist that just a little bit. My experience has has been, in, <coughs> excuse me, in the past, uh, that the core competency of the insurer is to um, you know. Pr- is to protect itself by not paying as many cl- as as many claims as as maybe we could, or protect from frivolous claims. And uh, I think it's just and so I I think that's the marketing challenge, right? Is to is to find a way to answer that question and make that leap and, and help consumers make the leap that says the insurance company you can you can trust me. I'm the insurance company. It takes a while to build trust, yeah. mm-hmm. and so. I think the question becomes, how do you do that? How do you build the trust? So the, the, the lack of trust that you have for, for this topic, hypothetically, yeah. um, could also be applied to, if we use an earlier example, um, auto insurance. Well, you run into somebody and you find that it's actually not, like that's not covered. It's like, well, what am I paying all this money each month for if right. that's not covered? Yeah. Um, it's, but it's more personal when you're talking health insurance versus yes, car exactly. insurance. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be a, that'll be a challenge no matter what the industry. Sure. In, in so many respects, and I just say this kind of to summarize, get your opinion on this. So many respects, it seems like this is, I mean, this is a new business for you. This isn't the same business it was last year. There's been a there's been a few changes that'll be effective 2011. So it's it's the same business with a few few modifications. But by 2014, the business model will switch. And if it doesn't, if it stays the same, um, there there's potential for loss of membership because they you need to figure out a way to be recognizable, to be attractive to be competitive and to show up in the in, in to target a market that you're after so you've got a huge segmentation exercise mm-hmm. it's not every single person from from beginning to end that's who we're targeting because you wouldn't market that way right, right. Um, so who do you go after that's the part that is not yet that's not solidified that's not right. here's our strong market because there's a number of them. Who's the, um, where does most of the revenue come from? That's the part that will will likely switch. So it's not this business to business. Fascinating. 
Uh, well, uh, thank you so much for your for your insights, uh, Matt. We sure appreciate you coming to sit down with the circus, <laughs> the circus that is Naked Marketers this morning. Uh, we, you know, we usually end the show with a. Uh, where we talk about a tool, and I know Megan has an incredibly important tool. Last week we actually had a tool that was a an, an Android and iPhone game, a- Angry Birds. If you haven't played Angry Birds, highly recommended in the. Yeah, our tools are community. getting a little inane. They're getting a little bit inane, but we were wondering if you have any uh, any tools that you use to help manage your side of the marketing business uh, that might be of uh, good recommendation to our listeners. I focus. Is that question for me? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's questions for you. Um, <laughs> My focus is um, our electronic communications. Mm. So that's, that's where I spend my day. And the tool that we use um, is offered by a company called Exact Target. Mm. And what, now, what are, you're talking about um, email. Correct. Brown, like yep. emailing list management. That kind yeah, of thing. so the day okay. of printing all these and mailing it to every uh, one of our customers, gone. So it, it's all, you get your newsletters and your updates and stuff. Right. Thank goodness it's gone. Exactly. <laughs> that was a right. dozer. Speaking of dark days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Not big on direct mail anymore. So, the business, the industry. Well, there's a lot of things that are that are mandated. Still yeah. Like they're required. Has to go out. Right. Paper. But updates. But not marketing. Right. I mean, not. Is there, <laughs> are there mandates around market advertising? Um. Only. No, it's more about notices and and okay. for members and but. Updates and things yeah. like for for employers or, or business or whatever it might be. Um, electronics fine. Okay. So you use Exact Target. What is Exact Target? Exact Target is a tool that that it's an it's an email marketing tool, but the ease that they allow you to build your templates, um, to drop in you know social forwards and like connect to a, tr- a friend, send this via Facebook. Um, drop into just the freedom that you've got to build your own and tailor mm-hmm. is awesome it's fairly new like it's only been the past three months uh, but it's been a neat tool now, does it help it, you create campaigns and things you can of create that campaigns you can segment your lists so that you can do simple a b testing you can um when you, know, when you chose exact target did you did you go through a uh, selection process, or did somebody just kind of call you and said you should use us? And we, I'm just saying who you, who you, what, what you, why you selected them over another provider. We we went through. It was a long process. It was a big um, RFP, like proposals that came in wow. and evaluation. It was it was thoroughly <laughs> thoroughly looked at, like comparisons and and. Um, the reason that we went with them was customer service. They're, first of all, the tool that they offer is very cutting edge, and there's, they're very good at, at updates. And But there are a lot of cutting edge emails. A lot of cutting edge, edge emails. The reason this one was a fit was um, their customer service is very, very good. It's mm. easy to get a hold of them. They offered you know, specific training. The, their, pro- their end product with the functionality that they offered was a good match for what we wanted to do. Um, so th- I would say as far as tools that we use, that is the primary tool, and it's we've been super happy with it. It's really quite impressive. Is it a subscription basis, so you pay, pay a flat amount per year? Or um, is it by, based yep, on email it, volume? It was. It's All of those are rolled into it, and, and we pay on a 
you know, per contract. Here's what we'll pay per year, and it's done on a monthly basis. Um, it's one I'd, I've never heard of. I mean, I'm used to using, you know, exact, or not exact target. That's what we're talking about. Constant <laughs> contact, vertical response. Yeah. Uh, uh, what is, there's, what's the Emma one? My Emma. My Emma. Uh, the one I use personally is, is campaign monitor, and I just love it. But again, they're not designed for, uh, that one in particular is not designed, I think, for the very biggest of the of the campaign management is more targeted. This one's is a large real enterprise yeah. kind of duty. And they do they they host a conference each year. This was exact target ten, like E T ten. Wow. And it was in Indianapolis and I haven't seen such a well orchestrated conference. It was uh, three days I believe, four mm-hmm. days with all these breakout sessions. The the amount of energy and resources and planning that go into this thing i haven't seen it ever wow and the quality of the the event was probably one of the best i've ever been to wow from a marketer's perspective i would think everyone should go i mean they kicked the thing off first of all the budget for this they didn't nickel and dime it wasn't skimped Mm -hmm. at all so and you need to make it worth people's while to fly to indianapolis right Anytime. Nothing else there. Yeah, there's got to yeah. be something. <laughs> there's got to be another place, right? Um, however, they had... So it kicked off uh, with a keynote from Richard Branson. Wow. Yeah, so I was... Richard Branson. <laughs> Sir Richard Branson. Sir, Sir Richard, Richard Branson. Branson. Um, wow. I what does what does he have to say about eight uh, feet target away marketing? From Richard Branson. <laughs> what does Richard Branson say about marketing, about email marketing? Um... Richard Branson. Hi, I love email marketing. Anyone to want to go for a ride in my spaceship? <laughs> well, that, it's actually a good point because um, I, I, you can comfortably say you've made it when you can build your own spaceship. Exactly. So virtually. Oh, I've got a spaceship. He's got a spaceship. I'm Richard Branson. <laughs> and he plans to fly into space by the end of the year. Wow. Which is awesome. And he had a cold. Uh, so he flew in from Australia and he had a cold. So the fact that he has the money to build a spaceship and he still has a cold means that <laughs> we're never going to be able to cure the common cold. <laughs> if it, it's easier to do space travel That's than to right. cure the cold. As if somebody came to Richard Branson and said, okay, Richard, we've got this menu of things we can do with your money and one of them is cure the common cold or build a military outpost, with virgin outpost on the moon. Hmm. Oh, come on. Let's do moon. Oh, right. I'm going to moon. (laughs) But he looked miserable. Enough so that I figured he would have opted to cure the cold. Yeah. Like, he just didn't. But he stood up and delivered his keynote. It was awesome. He talked about, and and really the big takeaway from from Richard Branson was how he's integrated um, Twitter into Virgin America, so their airline. And Dane, when, did you hear that? Twitter. Wow, that just got really loud. I did that on purpose. <laughs> Dane, wow. are you still here? Yeah, the, the uh, my ability to hear is kind of it's tough. We love you, Dane. Oh, you're doing all right. <laughs> well, so okay. Twitter, huh? Twitter into uh, so he's he's put uh, he's used Twitter in Virgin America. It's it, and if you you should follow him because it's a great example of how an industry in my opinion, one of the worst industries um, is doing something different. I mean, mm-hmm. airline travel is painful 
airline travel. I haven't seen, like, that is so behind, and they purposely piss off <laughs> their customers. You have no choice. I mean, it, and it's for that reason that he decided to start his own. He said because of his own miserable experience flying, he decided to start his own airline. He was told, we don't need another airline. Like, the world does not need just another airline. Um, and his response was, this won't be just another airline. So it's, you know, got Wi-Fi and the whole thing, yeah. but passengers will tweet, you know, you know, of course, you, you get positive, negative, whatever it might be, and he said he's actually called customers personally. Who have negative experiences. Who's had negative experiences. Wow, that's And now cool. they've hung up on them because they, didn't they think, think it's a joke. They didn't think it was really Richard yeah. Branson, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, right, Richard Branson's going to call me. I Did you hear about was... my spaceship? Yeah. <laughs> you think our airplanes are cool? Apparently they have mood lighting. I'm ready for them to fly out of Portland so we can try that. The uh, the 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 pictures of the tricked out planes. Uh, they are. They're all totally mood lighting. Mood They've lighting. Got the Wi-Fi. Space space age seats. I've never it's flown them. Very cool. Uh, cool airline. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. So he's uh, he was a good story then. Uh, it was a great story from an email marketing conference. Yeah. His takeaway was uh, if you don't ask, you don't get. There you go. So it could end on that. I wrote that that's, down in my little book. That's practically a fortune cookie. <laughs> uh, th- th- that's an that's an awesome uh, awesome takeaway. So exact target exacttarget.com. Check it out if you're on the market for a uh, enterprise grade uh, uh, email marketing uh, tool, mm-hmm. and because uh, they have great customer service. And this is coming from somebody in the health insurance field. Who knows customer service? <laughs> 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 I may not know art, but I know what I like. This is, uh, but you have a tool too, Megan. What is your tool? My tool is way cool. I found this on Twitter yesterday. Can you not hear me? Go ahead. We just got to put it. You got to put this... it by your speaker so you can oh, okay. hear well, how useful this is. On. Where's my speaker, Peter? Uh-huh. All right. Okay, so I posted a tweet yesterday that said something to the effect of. Oh, Lordy, I just got a friend request from my dad on Facebook. Here we go. And somebody tweeted back and said, you need no.com. So I was, I said, what was that? So I check it out and you get to the screen and it's this huge blue button and a picture of Darth Vader. And this is what you get. And And that's just awesome. And it turns out you can put the mic down. You're blowing me away. It's awesome. So that is something you have used uh, how many times in the last forty eight hours? Twenty four hours. Four. Your your because your father actually also friended me on Facebook. (gasps) I know he would. You're in trouble. Uh Oh, I hear Dane playing it. Dane, are you playing Uh it? (laughs) Wow. I because you know sometimes you get these Facebook requests and it's going to be the guy who is just all he's doing is hanging out on Farmville. (laughs) <laughs> that's all that's going to happen. You know it is. He's going to be the one that's sucked in. And all he's going to do is post about, like, hey, I did something with a hoe on your page. They get hidden or quickly. They get hidden my quickly. quickly. I have to go to bed now. What was that, Dane? Has anyone ever gotten the, can someone please watch my animals? I'm going to go to bed now. I literally got that one night. No. Oh, no. But we don't live in Utah, Dane. So. <laughs> Oh, okay, Dane. Let's start with you, shall we? Where, no, where should people go to find you? Just whatever. The target. <laughs> whatever. In, uh, Salt Lake? 
aisle 14. It's common, isn't it? I'm just trying to brace myself. I have a website. It's called strike10media.com. Next. Wow. It is, and it's, it's, Somebody's it's a, a good little site. sassy a good today. Site. I'm not even going to say anything. Megan, where are people find you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm at Megan Strand on Twitter and at encourage.com. That's I-N-C-O-U-R-A-G-E-D.com. Oh, you totally have a plug, though, right? <laughs> What? Sorry, what? That was a well good for you. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, Keep going. Don't you have a plug? For what? For the book thing. Oh, for the book? Why not, right? I would love to plug the book. So I am. This is a naked marketer. No, I've been very honored to be the co-editor of a co-created book um, comprised of 51 small business folks from the Portland area that have each submitted an essay to a book called The Portland Bottom Line Sustainable Business Practices from um, Portland, Oregon. So um, it is launching next week. We're having a launch party. Peter's going to take pictures. I read, your blog, I read your blog post on uh, encouraged.com and it was very funny because you <laughs> used to call this a crowdsource book. No, we, we did and then we got in trouble. For yeah, because that. that's... Man, that makes people mad. It makes people very mad. So people who are actually co-created. professionals in their field, they now get really it. mad when they get crowdsourced. Well, yes. So it's I, I, I have one thing to say about Megan's book. What is that? Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. <laughs> okay. Well, I should also mention that all of the profits from this book go to Mercy Corps Northwest, Dane. So yeah, right. When you buy this ten, book, ten percent of profits. No, all profits, one hundred percent. Well, it was a very expensive book to produce, Dane. They got to recoup their costs. <laughs> so when you buy fifty of them, Dane, yeah, you will Dane. know that it's going to a good cause. I'm actually going to send you an invoice. <laughs> fifty books. Cause marketers and your causes. <laughs> Thank you, Dane. Matt, uh, you know I feel like you're our underground industry insider, so I can't really ask where people can find you, can I? Where can people? Well, you can speak. They can Facebook find places. Me. Yeah, they, they can find me tagged. at Facebook places. <laughs> or Target. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me at uh, MGOUG at Twitter. On the Twitter. There M-G-O-U-G. you go. MGOUG on the Twitter. That is a great place to go, is the MGOOG. And I am uh, Pete Wright on Twitter and at fifthandmain.com. But if you want to find out all the goodness about the show, head to thenakedmarketers.com. You can subscribe to the show in iTunes there uh, so that you never miss a single bit of Naked Marketing goodness. You can also head to uh, Naked Markets on Twitter or NKD Markets Marketers on Facebook. Just search for the Naked Marketers on Facebook. You'll find. And we still have our secret underground group, which has five <laughs> members, including Woo! the three of us. I'm going to have to add M. Goog to our, uh, to our secret if underground your group. Request. Yeah, who knows at this point. I'm Sooner or later, this thing's going to take it off. It is going to blow up, y'all. And groups are now available on iPhone. That's right. That's another good thing about the latest Facebook update on the iPhone. That was handy. And Android. Uh, so that I think is all we have, right? Do we have anything else? That's it. That's not. Thank you so, uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening this far, and uh, we will catch up with you next week on the Naked Marketers. Mm-hmm.